Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. the long box guys gonna do tonight brain the same thing the long box guys do every night pinky drink and talk about comics they're useless to taking over the world yes hey everybody welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys uh with me as always is some of my very best friends and a great new friend that i just met tommy how you doing and what are you drinking i am doing okay and i am drinking some old camp whiskey because i can't wait until this bottle is gone how are you, you have been doing, Tommy? Your way through that goddamn bottle for a while. It's like a job for you at this point. Yeah, <laughs> you like punching in and punching out. I, I got like I got like an inch and a half left. He's got about two episodes left. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> He's got about three of what my wife calls a normal sized penis left. Mike, how are you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing excellent, and I am drinking an uncut gem. It's an amber lager from Hapa's Brewing Company. Uh, uncut gem is what LT's wife calls his dick. Lakaya, <laughs> 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 by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, who makes uncut gem? Hapa's Brewing Company. It's right Hoppa's. around the corner from my house. Nice. And John, my new friend, how are you doing and what are you drinking? I'm also good. I'm drinking a Run Wild IPA by Athletic Brewing Company. It is a non-alcoholic IPA. It's one of the only of a couple that I actually like the taste of. Well, uh, IPAs is really uh, more of Josh's thing, so I don't like you talking about it like that. Know your role. I'm sorry. Speaking of roles, this is just my segue, man. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of roles, we're going to be talking about role-playing games today. And John, you, my friend, uh, write role-playing content. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, about a year ago, I uh, dipped my toes into writing uh, adventure paths and adventure modules uh, for a company that I admire called Frog God Games. It's run by Bill Webb and Matt Finch and Zach Glazer, and they have a bunch of uh, other people that I that I um, either enjoy reading what they write or in the case of uh, Chuck Wright, him and I were army buddies back at Fort Bliss in 94. So I kind of have like this crazy connection to the company and, and I started writing some stuff for them and I figured, you know, Hey, I can do this myself. I don't need to work with a, with a company. So I started old Gator games, uh, old being uh, kind of like my general countenance and Gator uh, short for interrogator, uh, which was my job in the army, and games, which is what both uh, old people and gators like to play. So I figure that was the case. <laughs> and uh, your Kickstarter, how uh, how did that go? Yeah, so um, May 18th, I started a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign for a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons module that I'm calling Blood of the Broodmother. Uh, it's uh, kind of a jungle adventure that I'm basing off of some of my 
experiences living in Uganda. Obviously, I didn't bump into any broodmothers or lizard folk or kobolds or sturges, but you can count on those sorts of things in, in this adventure path. Uh, it funded in three hours uh, on the first day, and then I'm getting really close to the $4,000 mark, which would put me uh, just over uh, 350% funded. I'm bad at math, but it's somewhere around there. <laughs> well, nice. Uh, you said you did it a little bit of your time in Uganda. Now, we have something in common that I didn't know. We were both at Fort Bliss. Oh, well, uh, I did. I did basic at Fort Bliss. Yeah. And Are you an nicest... air defense guy? Uh, I was a nuclear weapon specialist. Oh, got it. So not a duck hunter, but a duck killer. That's right. Got it. Yeah, uh, Fort Bliss was uh, super not awesome. Super not awesome. The best thing I ever say about Fort Bliss is the people are nice because sooner or later, everyone has to perform CPR on everyone else because <laughs> everything's trying to kill you. Right. No, that's true. To include if you're trying to get from Juarez back into El Paso at like 3 a.m., there's definitely things trying to kill you. And, and I, I, even the wildlife was like, I saw a scorpion on a water snake, on a water moccasin. These things should not even exist in the same area. No. And a brown recluse was like, go get those guys. Right. God damn it. And then they popped your Humvee tires. No, I'm yeah. with you. Um, but today we are talking about role-playing games. Uh, specifically, we're talking about role-playing games as it uh, goes to superheroes. So we're going to be talking about the five. Everyone's going to get five. Some of us are going to do repeats. Five of the role-playing card or role-playing games that we've loved. Why we loved them. What made them great. What made them that's so great, and uh, we're just going to go through that round robin style. This was Mike's baby, so I'm going to let Mike go first. Are you starting with your first pick or, like, your least favorite pick? Uh, I, I don't have them ranked in any particular order. So, okay. uh, so again, we're doing superhero-themed either role-playing games, card games, or board games. Whatever the milieu may be, it's always going to be based on superheroes. So, for me... My favorite superhero role-playing game was the old TSR Marvel superheroes. Boom! You are remarkable. Uh, uh, I was hoping I would be incredible or amazing. <laughs> that was the the oddest ranking system. It went. I, I don't have them memorized. Mike, do you have them memorized at all? Sure. Uh, poor, average, good. Uh, excellent, remarkable, incredible, amazing, monstrous, unearthly. And I'm unearthly that you remembered all that. Clap, clap, clap. So that was kind of like, uh, instead of 3 to 18, that's where your skills were, and you would match that against someone else's. If you had a remarkable strength and they had a average strength, you're probably going to win every single time. Unless you spend hero points and do something remarkable. Right, and it was a uh, two ten-sided dice that you used, and the attributes were face rip, fighting agility, strength, yes. endurance, reason, intuition, and psyche. It was a super easy game to just pick up and start playing. Uh, didn't have a ton of very complicated rules. There's just a little chart you roll, compare it to the number on the chart versus success or failure, and boom, you're good to go. So that's what I liked about it was the ease of playing it. Plus, Marvel superheroes. That's where I finally learned, okay, 
Why can Hulk always beat the Thing? Well, obviously, because Thing only has monstrous strength, while Hulk has unearthly strength. That makes total sense now. It all makes sense. My favorite thing about that game was we were playing one day, and we were trying to get him, trying to convince the Avengers to do something, and Seahawk, which was Josh's character, accidentally murdered Captain America. <laughs> do you remember that? Yes. Uh, he thought he'd pull his punch up where he wouldn't just totally destroy down to the molecular level Captain America, but Captain America misses his shield block and is murdered. We weren't even really fighting him. We were just trying to, like, get them to, like, stop for a minute. We're trying to explain something. As all good superhero teams fight each other, things are, and we murdered Captain America. Things went downhill from there. Yeah, I had some good characters in that. I like that. You usually did right. Let's go. All right, let's move it on. How about you, Joe? Um, I'm going to have to go with Champions. Oh, drink. Role-playing game. Yeah, drink. I mean, so came out in right in the heyday of uh, role-playing games for me, uh, 1981. Time frame was right when I was getting ready to go into high school. Uh, we had been playing uh, Dungeons & Dragons a bunch. Uh, came across the Champions uh, thing, incidentally, based off of uh, an earlier edition of uh, of a superhero game, which I'm not going to disclose in the event that it might be one of my other top five games. Um, but uh, the thing I like the best about the Champions game, in addition to being a superhero, right, is the fact that um, when during the character creation portion, it, it, it kind of described an effects-based um, powers as opposed to what the powers looked like, right? So you described what you wanted your power to do, uh, laser beams or uh, I want to destroy things with my hands or, or you know, fly through the air, and that was how uh, the, the character was created as opposed to, um, you know, like, like I said, like how it looks. So I, I, we just had a lot of fun playing. It just was a break from D&D when we were playing it. Good answer, my friend. How about you there, Tommy? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the card game Sentinels of the Multiverse. Drink, you son uh, of a bitch. I didn't even think of that one. I love that game. Damn it. I'm going to drink because I love that game that much. Uh-oh. He was ready to show off his stuff. I love that game. I mean, you know, there's only one one character that I always play, which is Haka. I was going to say, I know your character. <laughs> Because Haka always refers to himself in the third person. I think it's you, LT. It's you. No. No, Mike, back me up on this. It's no, I... Anyone, everyone who plays Haka always refers to him. It's true. Haka always speaks in the third person. doesn't matter who plays Haka. That's how Haka speaks. Uh, so the great thing about this uh, multiplayer card game is... I love that it's a cooperative game, right? So it's the heroes are playing against the game itself. So as heroes, you know, uh, I've got another game over here, which is also superhero-based. It's a DC deck-building game. However, I don't like this game because you try to screw over the other players as you're playing it, and I'm like, that's not what heroes do. It's not heroic. So the Sentinels is a cooperative card game that has a ton of different expansions. 
You can even play it on your iPad which uh, and play it online if you want. It's super fun. They went out of their way to create kind of a universe. All the cards have fake quotes in, uh, from different issues of these fake comics that the heroes and villains are in. The artwork is is consistent, so it doesn't matter what set you have, you're looking at the same style, so it's not jarring to take one supplement and put it into a... And the gameplay is great. I mean, it really is. It really is. Sometimes you... you sometimes it's hard to beat, you know, the villain. It's, it's pretty evenly matched. It's like, you don't always win. Sometimes you lose. It's... That little girl who's dreaming... Yeah, uh, oh, oh, I hate that. Oh, that's a toughie. Because, yeah, you, you do any damage to her, you're going to kill that little girl. And you're like, no, oh, no, 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 I don't want to kill the girl. That's not a good one to have Hakka, because Hakka does a lot of very effective things. So this little girl is creating monsters in her nightmares that you have to fight. So you can fight the monsters, but if you do any, like, area of effect damage, you hurt the little girl, she dies, the game's over, you lose. Yeah. And there are a lot of really cool villains like that. That you have to do something totally different to defeat and the way the game is set up, depending on how many players you are, uh, the difficulty of the villain increases too. So if you're playing a, a one- or two-player game, it's going to be just as hard as if you have five heroes. I, you know what? It's funny that you, uh, it, it absolutely is a card game. But I don't really think of it as a card game because you don't collect cards. You just have the cards. You know, I think of it a little bit more like a role-playing game, I guess, than a card game. But... Thinking about it, it definitely is a card game. All right, that brings me to mine. Uh, Mike, this is a nostalgia one just for me and you. What the fuck was the name of that stupid card game that Marvel came out with that we had in New Orleans? Look at it. He's super excited. (sighs) Yeah, I know what you're talking about because I had the rogue deck. Like each hero had their own deck. Yeah. Uh, it was almost like magic, but I... Oh, shit, I don't remember the name of that game. Let's just call it Marvel Heroes. And the reason I love that is we were dirt broke. We were so broke in New Orleans that we cordoned off the house so we'd have enough air conditioning to cool the kitchen. And we'd play on the floor because it was cooler down there. <laughs> we, were, we, we were doing a grocery list where we took into consideration... If we bought cheese mac, if we had enough money for butter to put on it, <laughs> we were that poor. But we had one game, we had one game with us, and it was a stupid Marvel card game. And goddamn, we played the shit out of that game. All right, it was called. It was called Overpower. Oh, that's it. Overpower was not a balanced game. <laughs> was not a great game. Was a game that didn't make sense on a lot of levels because. Kitty Pride should not be able to beat the Silver Surfer in a fair fight. <laughs> but did we have fun playing it? Ah, oh, we had a good time. And we played hundreds and hundreds of hands. Because we had nothing else, nothing to, else to do. TV? Ridiculous! Who could afford a TV? <laughs> we listened to Thursday night television on the radio. We did. <laughs> we listened to a lot of Friends episodes. Yeah, 87.7 picked up the local NBC station, so we would listen to must-see TV on the radio. <laughs> Good times. 
But man, that was not a good game, but I had a good time playing with you, my friend. Thank you. All right, I guess it's been you, Mikey. All right, so I'm going to go to another card game um, along the same veins, but this, the reason I like this game is if you're by yourself and you want to just go play a card game, you can easily play this game, you versus the game. Or if you've got a friend, you and a friend versus the game. You don't want to have it's. You can play up to four people, but the more you have, the longer the game gets stretched out and makes it even harder. Um, but what I'm talking about is Marvel Champions. So the core game uh, comes with drink, you bastard. Ah, all right. The core game comes with Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, She-Hulk, Iron Man, and Black Panther. But there are so many supplements to other characters and other villains that you can get. It's just a lot of fun. Um, I am, I love playing me some Spider-Man. I just, <laughs> he's just so much fun because, and I drive my son crazy because we play the game and when we do it, I'm role playing whoever. <laughs> I am, and he's just going. And so I get to make really bad puns and quips the whole time I'm playing Spider-Man. I don't have a lot of fun playing Captain America. <laughs> he's just... You're playing Peter Parker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm actually kind of mad at you about this game because when you first said you loved this game, I ran out and got the wrong game. I got the new Marvel one with the miniatures. And uh, you're like, oh, I'm not playing that <laughs> because Mike doesn't like making and painting miniatures. I do, well, kind of. Save <laughs> it for your got, turn. I did during COVID. <laughs> Save it for your I, turn. It's uh, John's turn. John, what do you get next? Um, I'm gonna go old school uh, again. Villains and vigilantes. Oh, great game. Another great game. Early '80s uh, was when we started playing it. Uh, I think it came out bef before then. Um, but the best part of that game is it was supposed to be kind of like your alter ego, an amplified version of of yourself. So it was, you know, like I was in super into ninjas in the 80s. That's when all the good ninja movies were coming out. Uh, that's when I was able to find nunchucks for $4 a pair and sell them for 20 in high school. I mean, those are the good old days. I supplied every gang, both sides, uh, with nunchucks. The sharks and stars, the jets respected butter, you. <laughs> butterfly knives, everything. So, anyway, um, I just hid them under my trench coat or under my fedora. You know, my black eyeliner had everyone fooled. Um, no, but that game it was, you know, it's pretty fantastic. It, it does require, you know, to suspend, as role-playing games often do, to suspend disbelief. Uh, and reality. Um, I know that I didn't have a 16 intelligence, but my characters generally did. Uh, so <laughs> it's, you know, I think that was the best part about it. And uh, Jeff D was involved in that project, you know, so he was an RPG, you know, guy back in the day. And uh, I don't know, again, it's just one of those things where we really, you know, it's just a break from, you know, playing Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons. And it was fun to be ourselves because we were pretty badass back then. So, <laughs> All right, how about you, LT? Uh, my next one's going to be legendary. And 
Anybody oh, yeah. play? Nobody plays the deck building game Legendary. Uh, Marvel it, Heroes Legendary. No, yeah. I have not played it, but I've heard good things about it. Uh, it it has similar game mechanics to Sentinels of the Multiverse, but it's with Marvel characters and different villains. Um, uh, there are some big differences in that you know it's it's actually it's more like um it's more like a deck building game where you actually have to buy stuff. Uh, than Sentinels. It's it's a different game mechanic, I should say. But it's a really fun game, um, and it's something that you can play with three or four people and have a good time with, and it is a cooperative game like Sentinels, so you're not fighting other, other competing against other heroes in a heroic way. You're all fighting against a villain. Um, so I like that aspect of it. And it's it's just a really fun game. It's, um, you know, but it is deck building sort of like a one of your like settlers at Catan or, or one of your other things where you have to try to amass different cards in your hand to get stuff. You have to hoard resources, if you will. All right. Um, that's what I've been wanting to look into. Uh, now, Mike, when you were talking about your game, I, I talked about the game that I bought and you immediately thought that was going to be my next pick. It's not. I haven't even played that game. I only bought it because you, because I thought you were playing it. It's totally my my fault. You said champions. Clearly, clearly, you said champions, hmm. and I just ran out and bought that and made a Doctor Strange and a Clea figure, which is actually kind of fun. I'm glad I did it. Uh, but that's not my next pick. My next pick is uh, Hero Clicks. Oh, nobody. Oh, I yeah. If I could get one of you guys addicted to Hero Clicks again. I'm fucking you right back into the oh, fucking thing. I gave away all my hero clicks, man. Me too. I, I don't even know where my so expensive. I think I might have given away away because I don't remember so where they are. So expensive. That was crack. Like you get a, like it's like a scratch ticket with superheroes. Fucking yeah, be my addiction, assholes. <laughs> uh, and I had some really cool characters, and of course I got a Luke Cage, so I got my Luke Cage fix in, so I can have Luke Cage, and I can make the old Defenders team. Or I can make like a real cool Hydra team, and uh, that was fun. And uh, yeah, you know, that was fun. Yeah, and one of the good things about it is there were Marvel hero clicks and uh, DC, DC hero clicks, so you could actually have, you know, the Justice League fighting the X Men if you wanted. And one of the things I liked the best was also the indie clicks, and even had horror clicks. Mm. So uh, I had like uh, Jason and uh, Freddy Krueger. Uh, wow. Yeah, versus uh, like my street level heroes, and it was it was a fun game. You, know, you can do a lot. Did you ever play John? I haven't played that game, but I like the idea of cross genre. Um, you know, adding the horror element to the superhero element. I, it's one of the things I like best about. Uh, some of those video games where they, you know, where you're, you're fight, like Street Fighter style, where you're, you know, the normal Street Fighters, and then all of a sudden, you know, here comes Freddy Krueger, or here comes the Hulk, or, or, or even cross, you know, DC versus Marvel type of, you know, cross-world, you know, games, but I haven't ever played that one. That one was a lot of fun. Don't get into it, because it was massively addictive because you get these boxes and you couldn't see who's in the box so you never know what you're getting and of course there was common rare ultra rare super rare and um, it was fun I, it was I collected a lot of basketball magic. card games in the 90s so I know exactly what you're talking about where you just can't you know you can't stop buying them sometimes you can't stop uh, Tommy Magic was way before your books. <laughs> 
Really? Way yeah. before. Uh, okay. It's a similar that. thing, though. It's like you know, you, people were buying them to try to get the rare and the, the more powerful cards. Yeah, Not me. No, I was trying to get or, or goblins. Goblins. I just wanted goblin bombs. That's all I wanted. I, I just wanted to send a bunch of suicide goblins at people and just enjoy myself. Uh, I, I was uh, when we're talking about magic. I was totally a zombie lord. That's what I liked. Uh, but we're not talking about magic. We're talking about hero clicks. Uh, I gave a bunch of mine away. They were a fun game, John. I do not recommend getting back into it, though. You can pick those figures up for pennies. Oh yeah, I, I know that Warhammer Four Thousand K is a or Forty Thousand K is one of those super money, you know, sucking adventure games or games. So I'm, yeah. I, I'm with you. You do, see the, you do see the workbench behind me, full of work on four horse. Yeah, sorry. I, I uh, maybe I learned my lesson with basketball cards. Maybe you did, Mikey. What's your next pick? Uh, my next pick and my last pick because of uh, other people have chosen mine. Uh, I am going to go with Mutants and Masterminds. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, I have to drink too. Sorry, dude. Uh, it is just a fun game. I really like that um, DC uh, has just uh, has a supplement. So if you want to play Mutants and Masterminds, make your own characters cool. But you can also pick up the DC supplement, and it is the same game mechanics. And you can now have your heroes mashing with uh, DC heroes and villains. It's a good time. Uh, really liked it. I do have a couple honorable mentions, so I'll keep on going if somebody mentions one of my honorable mentions. But, yeah, I really like Mutants and Masterminds. The only problem is it's, uh, like, there's so many different power sets that they have available. It gets kind of confusing. And I'm too lazy to learn the system again, so I just tell Josh what I want to do, and he tells me what to roll. <laughs> uh, same here when I play that game. You're up, John. Oh, me. Um, how about... Oh, how about... I was going to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it's not really one that I, like, I, I love or... Or like, but in the early 2000s, all of the D20 games were pumping out um, retro clones and D&D clones and things like that, where everything was D20 based. But I'm going to say Savage Worlds uh, Necessary Evil as a role playing game. And this game was, uh, it came out in the Pinnacle Entertainment Group, came out in 2003. And instead of being like a superhero, it more ha kind of has like a Suicide Squad feel to it. Like, who's going to save the world when aliens kill all the superheroes? It's going to be Doctor Doom, Magneto, Joker. These guys are the playable, you know, superheroes in Necessary Evil. Hmm. So I thought that was pretty fun because you know uh, we're playing in a in a evil aligned D and uh, D campaign or Pathfinder campaign with Mike. Uh, periodically, and it and it is fun to play the bad guy every now and then, uh, you know, just to see things from the other side. And no one gets to play the Joker. No one gets to play, you know, these supervillains. So that, I think that one's. I'm not going to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I was going to save that one for another one. But if I can just say, 
you know, necessary evil. I think that pretty much rounds out my list pretty good. All right, that's a fine list. Tommy, you're up next. I'm going to go with Super Munchkin. Uh, yeah. Damn it, Drake, you got me. God damn it. The only that's a good, me. that's good. I didn't even think about that. I love Munchkin and all the Munchkins. Super Munchkin is a great version of Munchkin <laughs> with its with its flying powers and its you know all of its different accoutrements. Uh, you know, obviously Munchkin is a very simple game. You you break open a door, you can have items in the treasure that can augment your character, you can have different uh, races, classes, or in this instance heroes. Uh, and uh it's just a fun game, relatively easy to learn. I'm trying to get to le- to level ten before and everybody Jackson's else. Games are are also great. I remember playing the original version of Car Wars back when it first came out. I think they had a new release a couple years ago for Car Wars. So yeah, Steve Jackson's very prolific. Uh, then, uh, just give honorable mention to uh, GURPS. Because yeah. GURPS yeah. was Steve Jackson Games, and that was a universal yep. role-playing game where you could didn't matter what genre you want, you could mm-hmm. use the system to play it, and they had a superhero game. I never played GURPS superheroes, though, so I can't really mm-hmm. speak to it. Yeah, I, I didn't play GURPS superhero, but it's, again, like a D20 system that's, that's kind of like a setting agnostic. You can pretty much do whatever you want with it. Fates the same way, where you can kind of just build your own you know, build your own thing. Yeah. All right. Um, so, oh, that goes over to me. Neat. Uh, I'm going to go way back. I only had one. As growing up as a kid, I had very few uh, uh, games uh, that were superhero-y. But I did have the Spider-Man board game from 1977. Uh, nice. You guys remember that one? No. I'm going to look it up because I want to make sure I had the box right. Uh, it had like its own little uh, setup where you had the board game and you, had the, you could build the Daily Bugle at a couple of the buildings and the characters would be on two different levels. It was a classic board game, uh, but it was really, really cool because of the board itself. But like I said, it was three-dimensional when you built it up. Get to, Mikey, did you have this? No. Um, actually, I'm looking at the 1995 version. Uh, that's the one I had, sorry. No, not 1995. It's the reprint. Uh, so the, I probably have the original 77 version. Probably. Because that's what I was a kid. <laughs> I'm looking at the 95 reprint, but it looks exactly like the one I had as a kid. And it was cool. Hey, Johnson, uh, can you move your microphone just over a scooch? Because we're picking up your breathing on your nose. Who, me? Yep. Oh, sorry. It's better. Yeah, yeah, that works out a lot better. <laughs> uh, if anyone was lucky enough to have this game as a kid and I had to play by myself no one would play with me <laughs> uh, but it was fun I liked it I played all the characters <laughs> <laughs> I was a very sad child <laughs> Mike how about some honorable mentions from you uh, so I only have one honorable mention because you guys have knocked it out of the park with all your choices but I'm going to go with the DC Heroes game by Mayf- uh, Mayfair uh, it was a it was a big box edition, and what was depressing is I bought I bought the DC Hero game, and I never could find anybody to play it. 
because uh, I was the only one who had the game, so I was the only one who had access to the rules, and everybody was like, no, nah, I don't want to play that, I don't want to learn a new system. And I got a bunch of different modules, because this was one of the few role-playing games that actually had modules to it, so you could play the Teen Titans, you could play the Justice League in different scenarios, and I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I got a Suicide Squad adventure that I was super excited about, and uh, I ended up just uh, selling it all a few years ago uh, when I was getting ready to move because I'm like, I've owned this game for 20 years and have never played it. I think it's time to sell it. At least, uh, how long are you going to hold on to Twilight Imperium? You shut your yap. <laughs> John, any uh, honorable mentions from you? Uh, yeah, so the what could be arguably the first Superhero, commercially available superhero RPG was um, Superhero 2044 or, or back in 1977 when it was popular it was just Superhero 44. I never played it but it it was the basis of a lot of these games we're talking about. Champions uh, the one Mike just mentioned the DC, DC game. All of these are based off of that original um, prototype game. And even though it was like a self-published, staple-in-the-middle pamphlet-style game, and as I as I recall, it was it was pretty crunchy, so rules-heavy. It was hard to play it, you know, kind of as written. It had, you know, two hours of gameplay to resolve 14 seconds of real-time, you know, I mean, of in-game time. So parts of that <laughs> didn't work, but the parts that did you know, spurred writers in in the different trade magazines in the time to say, hey, these superhero games are the are the future. And soon after, like when I was in high school, there was like six different superhero games to to include the ones that I've mentioned. So that would be my only honorable mention. Uh, Tommy, how about you? Uh, I mean. I don't really have any any other honorable mentions unless you include Illuminati. No, no. <laughs> Me and Mike legitimately stabbed each other one night over Illuminati. We're not talking about. We it. were so bad at it, we couldn't stop cheating. Uh, <laughs> that we would. Like, God help you! If you had to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You just lost. <laughs> if you <laughs> broke and had to go to the bathroom, you were just coming back a loser. I set fire to your cards one night. You went to the bathroom, you came back, I set fire to everything. <laughs> totally within the rules. Uh, I do have one honorable mention. Uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends uh, had a board game, and I had that one as a kid, too. So, uh, way back in the day. No, I'm not sorry, not Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four, for some reason. But mm. the, the artwork looks exactly like the amazing friends, though, which I don't understand. Uh, it's probably based on the uh, Fantastic Four cartoon back in the '60s. Yep. Would be my guess. Yeah. It, yeah. Did it have Herbie? That's the thing. It had the Human Torch. It didn't have Herbie, but the artwork is absolutely 100% the Herbie time. Yeah, so it's the same style. Herbie was actually in the '70s, but the, in the '60s they did have a Fantastic Four cartoon where they weren't afraid of children setting themselves on fire. So they did have the <laughs> Human Torch. <laughs> I thought they just didn't want to draw the human torch. So do they have the human the human glow stick now? Is that 
more in line now, with safety. Uh, fear of children being on fire, or we've just accepted Darwinism as our Lord and Savior. Yeah. One or the other. One or the other. All right, so that, that, that wraps up for RPGs. Unless someone has one other thing they want to say about the subject, I, I'll just say this. Go out and play, guys. Hey, man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jay and Silent Bob-type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box, comics talk for comics fans. Mikey, what do you got at the front of the long box? So at the front of the long box, I have a brand new comic. It's an indie comic from Vault, um, which I know LT is going to be interested in. It's called The Blue Flame, and I got to tell you guys, I picked it up on a whim just because I saw the artwork on the cover, and I was like, huh, that looks interesting. And it was really good. Uh, The story kind of makes you feel like you're reading an Adam Strange comic at the very beginning with its, hey, he's just adventuring in space. But then all of a sudden, it, it turns into... From this intergalactic thing to, I think, a, a, a kind of a take on the real-life superheroes, which you were part of, Tom. Because uh, it's, just, true. it's just this normal dude who his superhero identity, and I use air quotes, is the blue flame. And I don't know if he actually has any powers or not. He just hangs out. You know, he d- goes to work does his job, and then afterwards pops on the blue flame helmet and costume and drives over to the local hotel uh, and meets up with the other superheroes in his group. And uh, then they go out to a little convention uh, where, you know, a little local convention at this auto show where they're making a guest appearance and a, uh, a gunman comes out and just starts mowing down the crowd. Uh, spoilers, by the way. Spoiler! <laughs> but it is... I have no idea what those two stories are and how they connect to each other, but I'm excited to find out. Uh, it, it, The artwork is really good, uh, and more importantly, the writing grabs you. Like, you're... It's very difficult to make a superhero comic in, on the independent scene... Because, you know, there's a lot of retread ideas out there where they're like, oh, it's Superman, but he's, instead of being from Kansas, he's uh, from New York City or something like that, right? They just take one of the tropes and they kind of change it around a little bit. But this is a totally original character, and I'm really enjoying the comic. It's kind of funny that you mentioned my old uh, time as uh, part of the RLSH community because John invoked him earlier when he said old school. Old school was my uh, uh, was my uh, character. That was my superhero persona when I was uh, patrolling the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> that was a fun time of my life. But yeah, you were concept, you uh, the real life superheroes. For those of you who don't know, uh, they were actually trying to make a difference. Like Tom was picking up needles. To make sure picked up, yeah, picked up thousands and thousands and thousands of used needles. I actually have a box right here next to my desk of over 5,000 uh, used needles that I've been picking up over the last year here in Boston. I'm still doing it. I just kind of stopped wearing the costume. <laughs> <laughs> I like my costume. You, John, you would have loved my costume. It was very much like in the spirit of the spirit 
It was just a white shirt and a tie and a uh, fedora. And that's it? Oh, and that was oh. it. No There's pants. No bath. Good. Oh, no perfect. Pants. Yeah, flip-flops, light coat of oil. No, yeah. I'm down. That's perfect. Joe No Pants was, my... was a different character. Joe No oh, Pants. Got it. Oh, totally. I, heard, I guess I heard San Francisco. That's kind yeah. of a bad stereotype. Okay. Yeah, and uh, uh, most people knew me more as sock guy because <laughs> I would give out socks to the people who were shooting up because everyone deserves a nice warm pair of socks. And I found that if I was handing those out constantly, everyone was nicer to me. <laughs> Socks and granola bars, but I became known as Sock Man. I wanted to be old school, I was Sock Man. But that was a long time ago. Speaking of a long time ago, Tommy, what do you got at the back of the long box? I have Artifice by Alex Wolfson, Winona Nelson. It's put out by AMW Comics back in 2017. You can find it on Comixology uh, to buy. Um, and it was kind of an interesting story. It's a, It's one of their pride comics that are that are on sale right now um in june and it was kind of an interesting concept the concept was that there's an artificial intelligence uh android that him and five others of his model were sent to a colony to destroy all of the humans on the colony and they killed everybody but this one one human uh, that had escaped and they thought they had gotten everybody and they were about ready to leave and they set off a booby trap and four of the androids were destroyed and the one last android was trying to find a place to recharge and discover that there was that one last human and he had to keep the human alive in order to survive because he needed the human to keep giving him computer access so that he could recharge until a rescue ship came and got him. And the reason that this human was alive is that he was separate from all the other colonists because he'd been an outcast because he was homosexual. And it was the story about this artificial intelligence android and this homosexual, and they fell in love and had a relationship. And it was much more cerebral because it was most of the story takes place when this corporation that had sent out this android to kill everyone had brought this android back and was trying to figure out why he had failed so massively and also why he had killed so many of the retrieval team. And they had set him down with a, a psychologist to try to figure out what was going on. And it's a very cerebral and kind of interesting um, idea on the, the whole subject of artificial intelligence and it was a, a very new concept. The comic itself didn't quite hit it out of the park for me, but it was just it was just okay. But it was a definitely a brand new concept in my mind. I hadn't seen anything like it. Um, and it it kinda ended on a cliffhanger. It didn't really kind of finish the story for me, but and I think that's one of the reasons why why I can't say it was a great comic. It was just an okay comic for me, but still worth picking up if you're if you're interested in getting some diversity for for Pride Month. All right, and we always are. We always are. Well, yeah. I, I guess that's about does it for us today. We don't have a tangent to go on unless anyone has one. John, you got a tangent over there? Oh. Yeah, I got a tangent. Here's a tangent. Yeah. Okay. Really Let's hear a so tangent. there's a 
a wrestler, independent wrestler named Andy Bellinger. He goes by the name of Animal Bob Anger. Uh, he's a masked wrestler. Uh, anyway, he he started a company called Lethal Comics, and his first issue uh, is called Mother Trucker, and it's about a wrestling truck driver gal who's looking for her kids and trying to win the uh, championship belt at the same time. So it's like a 80s action movie meets Saturday morning cartoon meets uh, pro wrestling from the 90s. Uh, and there might be a little TNA in there, maybe not. But uh, I got to see some of the proof, uh, the art proof as it was being made. And I got to see some of the, there's a centerfold in it, uh, if, you, if you can imagine kind of a comic book centerfold. Anyway, it's pretty interesting. And since we were talking about wrestling a little bit earlier and, and superheroes and alter egos and, and things like that, I thought you guys might be interested in that. Yeah, we should do a whole podcast on wrestling comics because there's a ton of them out there. And there's a ton of wrestlers who are really into comic books as well. Uh, so that would probably be a good podcast for the future. And, and wrestlers really are the best. Oh, we talk about the Blue Blazer. Two wrestlers who played alter egos as superheroes for a while. Sure, Shane Helms never really stopped being Hurricane, though. Mm. And is it too soon to say Blue Blazer stopped being Blue Blazer? Probably too soon. No, no. I mean, uh, well, Hart, I would I say Gravity be, stopped uh, Blue Blazer from being Blue Blazer. <laughs> that was his one weakness. Yeah. Gravity. Bad carabiner. That happens. All right. Way to, bum, way to bum everyone out, everybody. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> You're okay. Thanks, Sorry. John. Sorry. Don't have me on the show anymore. Tom, do we have a 3-day 18? Uh, sure, we can have a nice 3-day 18. I went to the ice cream uh, place, and my wife made fun of me because I ordered my favorite ice cream, and she's like, why do you always order that? Vanilla ice cream. <laughs> That's my 18. Mikey, what's your 18 ice cream? Friendly's Black Raspberry Ice Cream. That's a solid 18. For me, it is. Although I do, I this is a tangent on the tangent of the three to eighteen. I just found out fribble is an actual word that doesn't just describe uh, an ice milk drink from Friendlies. What, what does a fribble mean? Yeah, a fribble is a frivolous item. <laughs> ah, all right, I didn't know that. I've learned something today. Thank you, John. Three to eighteen. What's your what's your eighteen ice cream? Um, I've been digging the great value, grape, orange, and cherry single serve popsicles because we don't have air conditioning and I will I, eat 15 I, of them. I don't want to know where those popsicles are going, but anything to stay cool in Texas, brother. I mean that. Go nuts and send it to my OnlyFans page. Tommy. <laughs> I like some chocolate peanut butter fudge ice cream. All right. And they never make it sugar-free. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> it's because they want to kill you, man. Yep. Everyone's out to get Tommy. <laughs> All right, I guess that brings us over to plugs. Um, Mikey, you got a plug for me? Well, I'd like to thank uh, Old Gator Games 
if you're looking for some old school adventure, go over to oldgatorgames.com and check out their Kickstarter. I play tested this game, and I got to tell you, the the Broodmother game reminded me of Tomb of the Lizard King meets Aliens. Um, the tactical DM who created that adventure. If you are not playing your characters in a very tactical manner and you just think, oh, it's a bunch of kobolds or, oh, it's just a bunch of bugbears, you are going to be effed up. Uh, it's, uh, it's old school and it's good that way. So even though I hate fifth edition, I recommend people go over and check out that Kickstarter. I remember, I remember the week I got out of the military and we were playing a D&D game and Josh was DMing and uh, he said there was a troll in the road and it's hissing and staring at you. And I'm like, flankers, flankers. And we just got, like, I'm like, he's obviously making us look at this guy because flankers. And I'm like, man, the military really has helped me. I did learn something. Yes. I like to think Kirby Crackle, Kirby Crackle, uh, one of the great geek rock groups of all time, and they let us use their music absolutely for free, as long as we give them credit, and we always do because we love these guys. Uh, you can go to KirbyCrackle.com, you can go to Apple, and you can go to... Um, Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Bandcamp, thank you. That's and it's KirbyCrackleMusic.com. I always forget the music, sorry. That's okay, don't, don't forget, forget the music. music. I don't get to remember the music. <laughs> and if you're wondering, if you're watching this video on YouTube and you're like, what music are they talking about? It's because the producer, me, is too Mike. lazy to edit the shit into the video because that's a lot of work. So you can check out our podcast where I actually do edit stuff into the podcast. And that is available wherever you get your podcast. We're on everything from Apple Music to Google Play to whatever, Stitcher, anything you uh, can imagine, we're probably on it. And if we're not, shoot us an email or uh, tweet us uh, at the Longbox Guys or an email at luckybastard at the com, and we will put ourselves on whatever app you decide is the one that you want to use. Yeah, we, we are everywhere. I saw us on Bubble yesterday. We're on Verbal. And yeah. and I didn't even put us on Verbal. Verbal sent me an email saying, hey, we were hosting your podcast on our channel now. Uh, we're stealing the RSS feed from Podbean. Is that cool? And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Why not? Why not? More people listening to our stupidity, the better. John, you got anything to plug? Uh, yeah, since Mike plugged uh, Old Gator Games, I just want to... If you have a website that needs revamping or if you need some copywritten uh, social media management, uh, someone to run your live streams, then I suggest going to Nomad About. So Nomad, like someone who wanders around about, that's N-O-M-A-D-A-B-O-U-T dot com. And uh, the nice lady there, Anna, she's an expert at doing uh, all those things that I mentioned and uh, can really help you level up your your production game your social media game and your website presence can we talk about your wife's youtube channel for a second yeah let's do it uh she has a very charming uh youtube channel where it's a what 15 minute coffee yeah so just let 
just to be fair, it's the 15-ish minute coffee chat. And there's a lot of ish. Uh, I love her and the other hosts. Uh, it's fun to listen to them talk, but it, they would never be impaled because they can't get to a point. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, they, spent, they do run a- I spent 15 minutes waiting for John to come in and they 15 minutes of the 15 ish minute podcast. And he still hadn't got on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, hey, so in their defense, the best part of their show, right, is the fact they, they get along so well, they have a good sense of humor, and, I, and I'm and i not like their best guest. They've had National Geographic, uh, you know, award-winning photographers. They had Miss America 2020 was on their show. They have some, you know, Mill Spouse of the Year, uh, some really high-impact, you know, impact people that have something to do with entrepreneurship or solopreneurship or even small business stuff. So if you, even if you just want to, you know, have a laugh or hear something about, you know, tools of the trade or something you can do, you know, I, I find it entertaining and helpful, but yes, they do have a, they do have a, they can never, I don't think I've never, I've never seen a 15 minute show. I've never seen a 45 minute show. So. Uh, I, but I, again, I do love uh, your wife and the other young lady on the channel. I, I've never, and I don't have any skin in the game, I've never met John's wife. Uh, so I'm just saying they're still charming as all get out. Uh, it's yep. fun to, it's it's like, what, this, is the, this is the ultimate comparison and the best compliment I can give. It is like watching my mom talk to anyone because my <laughs> mom could talk to anyone for... 15-ish minutes about nothing and it would still be entertaining and you'd have a good time just listening to them. Well, thank you, Mike. That's awesome. Does this mean I gotta start calling John's wife? Yeah, go for it. She's she's super nice and super helpful and she'll she'll help you level up your social media game. There you go. I think they missed an incredible name by calling it Nomad uh, instead of Nomad About Town. Yeah, I think that the About does leave some questions as to you know what is it you know what is it that they're nomad about <laughs> nomad about town makes more sense to me i'm yeah. sorry that's okay that and mike uh, you said your mom could talk to anyone she talked my name is anyone she talked to me about <laughs> nothing and everything and i enjoyed every second of it. at ken clark's wedding she introduced herself to everyone at the wedding and sat down and talked to him. She knew everyone from both sides of the family by the time she left. When she flew out to New Orleans to visit me one time, as she was, as I was picking her up, we were walking to the car and complete strangers were yelling, bye, Ruthie, have fun with your son. (laughs) (laughs) She's one of those people that, uh, like, if she ran up and hugged the Pope, people were like, who's hugging Miss Manning? (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, I digress But I digress Tommy, any other uh, plugs? I'd like to plug GeekOrthodox.com 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 Hello, Tammy <laughs> GeekOrthodox.com Purveyor of fine t-shirts and other geeky things Such as stained glass prints Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses T-shirts, baseball caps You name it, they got it geekorthodox.com and I'd like to thank uh, Seth and the boys over at who's next gaming.com 
if you get a chance to check them out, uh, they talk about video games, movies, comic books, TV shows, sex robots. Actually, they rarely talk about sex robots anymore. It's kind of disappointing. But, uh, you know, I, I got my fingers crossed. They need more TV shows about sex robots, then they would talk about it more. They were talking about sex, love, and robots on the last podcast, and I was like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It didn't come. Damn it. That's funny, because I even hooked Seth and the boys up with an interview uh, with someone from that uh, our good friend Remy knows, who's doing an independent movie about sex robots. I'm like, oh, you got to get her on the show. Yeah. Uh, I would also like to plug our Patreon page. Uh, that's the Longbite Guys at Patreon uh, for a mere $1 a month. Wait, what? Wait. $1 a I month? Know, right? The cost of a hand job downtown? In 1922, yes. It's an expensive hand job in we 1922. Also, we also get a cup of coffee. And a horse. Okay. All right. <laughs> and a <new> <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. No, no, I better not. Yeah. Okay. Stop being fribble. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. uh, for a mere one dollar a month, you can pay more if you like. But for just one dollar a month, you get an extra podcast every week called uh, "The Geek Leak," where we just kind of talk about whatever geeky things are on our mind. Uh, we play a game called "Dead or Alive," where we talk about old TV shows and who might be dead, who might be alive. Sometimes these TV shows are movies. Sometimes they are uh, other things. But uh, we might even do a Broadway play at some point. Who knows? We're we're crazy. Uh, all the money that we collect does go to the Elizabeth Peabody House, which is a charitable organization uh, and food bank, uh, feeding over 80 families a, uh, a week. And uh, they do great work down there. So give us your money. Give us that money. Anybody else? Uh, I'd also like to plug downwindkites.com. If you feel like going to fly a kite, get your kite at downwindkites.com. Go fly a kite. Uh, I've got one more. I'm going to plug. I'm going to put it up there so you guys can see it on our on our TV thing. Vital Disorder. Uh, talk about an old school sticker company. They made me some great stickers of my tattoo. A boom. That is my uh, unicorn uh, octopus. I love it. They did a great job. Thank you, Vital Disorder. Great. So, LT, you got any words of wisdom for us? Uh, you know, if you haven't gotten your shot, think about getting your shot. Get two shots, maybe, and uh, be safe, filled, folks. That's right. Take two shots with the long box, guys. And what do I always compare this to? This is like drunk history, but for comics. And, Tom, what do you always say? I always say, don't do what you hate. Just promote what you love. You're going to live a lot longer. And, John, any last words for us? Take us out with something, some wisdom. Some army uh, wisdom. The only... The only thing I have to say is uh, I got nothing. Good man. Spoken like a warrant officer.